Welcome to the Blue Mountain Hunting Podcast, episode number nine. Do that again. Literally put a tornado into the microphone as soon as you answered. What do you mean a tornado? You were like, welcome to the Blue Mountain Hunting Podcast. Okay. Welcome. No, my, I swear to God, you did it again. You literally did it again. I heard you exhale the whole time. You did that on purpose. I know you fucking did. You were like, welcome to the I promise you I didn't do it on purpose. I promise. You did the biggest exhale I've ever heard in my life. I'm just relax. No, you did a big exhale. Do it again, you motherfucker. Okay, let's start it at one minute. Welcome to Blue Mountain Hunting Podcast. This is episode number nine. I am your uh, host. I am your other host, Dalton Penrod. Today we are going to talk about... Today we're going to talk about what Troy and I think makes a good hunter. Right? Yep. And... Just to kick this deal off, I'm going to give a pretty basic example, right? Like, there's things that make good hunters that not every hunter does, and then there's things that every hunter does that a good hunter has to do. So, like, an eastern whitetail hunter and a western big game hunter, both of you have to have patience, you you have to have the ability to pass animals and not kill the first thing that walks out every time. You will not learn animal behavior, animal habits, animal anatomy. Like patience. Patience is a very common thing among good regardless of what you're going after. It is universal so, among good hunters. Yeah. So that's something that's different, I would say, between the Eastern hunter and a Western hunter is uh, the your fitness level. A Western hunter benefits tenfold being in shape versus an Eastern hunter. You could be 300 pounds and sit in a box blind and kill giants. Yeah. Well, another common denominator, though, is mental toughness. Oh, yeah. Because you can be out of shape, you know, in not that great a shape for elk, and it comes down just put one foot in front of the other. But on the same yeah. side of that coin, Eastern Whitetail Hunter, if you're trying to kill one specific buck and you have a four, when that season kicks off, a lot of those guys are sitting dark to dark. Mm-hmm. And that's an entirely different kind of mental toughness. freezing like, cold. Oh, yeah. It, it Like, eastern humidity cold is such is a different animal. Yeah. So, that's another very common denominator for hunters is their, you know, that mental toughness one foot in front of the or I've still got three days of this 12 I'm going to sit till the very last minute of the last day and not get out of this stand until 15 minutes past dark a lot of them stay longer than that and then you yeah yeah, which is wild I, I don't believe that I would make a very good I don't even think that I would enjoy it all that much being an Eastern hunter. Like it'd be cool, you know, just to supplement my hunting with an, you know, some Eastern hunts like that. But it doesn't sound like fun doing that. My Kansas hunt, yeah, my Kansas hunt last year, like good time. I don't think I could go back and sit every day. Like, yeah, I. That, but the last three days of that hunt, I mean, we were 
nagging it, you know, driving around, glassing, and going after them. Just feel permission on, you know, we had dang near permission on every piece of ground in the county, which was super handy. Uh, but, man, like, you go to bed after sitting for, and sitting all day, we were, there was a solid four hours in the middle of the day we were out doing other shit. You go to bed at the end of the day and you feel like you were done an elk hunt. After that much sitting every freaking day trying to focus on what's coming in and what's not, like, wipe your ass out. And then it's cold as shit. Also, you're not burning calories in the typical sense, but you're trying to, your body's trying to heat itself. So I still went to the freaking farmer store and got the and I might have been able to sit more. Mm. But what well, so anyways, what's back to in, back to being a good hunter. There's a couple things yeah. that I think are probably paramount. What what matters your, the most? Give me your, your three most important things to make a good hunter. Mental toughness, adaptability, and the third most important thing I would I, man it's tough those are pretty much the two things that I think that are the most important but your third thing I would have to say is uh, what do you call it when um, your your willingness to stick stick it out you know not not patience but like when you get down on the dumps and you're feeling like garbage and you're not seeing animals and you're you still got to wake up at four in the morning and hike up this hill in the dark and sit there and glass another day, whatever that is, well, you know, you I mean, can call it mental toughness too, but. Yeah. I know that like, and it's not, it's not even a word, but stick to it. Right. Like, yeah. I was thinking that too, but I didn't want to sound like an idiot. <laughs> well, it's it, not another way to describe it. It's just perseverance. Yeah. Perseverance. Don't give up. Yeah. Yeah. Those are my three. What are yours? Well, I'm gonna go. Stole. I'm gonna go a little, just a touch deeper. Uh, I'm gonna. This is coming from a Western hunter point of view. So, up to your strengths. Are you a good glasser? Are you a great caller? Do you like to put on miles? You want to do and figure that out. Do that thing. For that's that's to me that's the number one, right? Like if you're not playing to your own strengths as a hunter, then you're gonna be less successful. If you're a guy that wants cover country, you enjoy that. You want to hike twelve miles a day. And yeah, hit some of that backcountry, learn to call, call in elk. Willing to, to glass for 12 hours in a day, eight hours in a day to pick a bull out, do that. And then find the country that goes well with that. That's my number one is, is successful hunters play to their strengths because not every successful or good hunter are doing things. There's guys that hunt the desert that kill 200-inch deer, and there's guys that hunt the high country. There's guys that hunt the elk and kill giant bulls, and there's guys that hunt the thickest shit you and kill big bulls. So it's fine to play into that. And then my second thing is developing your skills. Right, so you find what you're good at, and you play to that strength. But there's going to be times that doesn't always work, and so when on you know when that isn't working, you need to be working on other parts of what makes a good hunter. You know, if you're a if you're not a great glasser, maybe pony up some cash, buy a little bit better glass. And force yourself, whether it's setting a timer on your phone or 
what, like, say you, you like, I'm in a glass for 20 minutes without stopping. I'm not taking my, like you set a 20 minute timer on your phone for somebody that doesn't have patience to do that. And I guarantee you, you will find more animals by doing that, you know, setting a timer and forcing yourself to do something. So it's adaptability, you know, working on the skill sets always. And that includes getting in shape, you know, learning to call if you're not a caller, learning how to e-scout terrain, like all these things. So you have a, you have playing to your skill set, adaptability. And then the third one for me is going to be off season. What are you doing when it's not hunting season to make yourself better? Right? Like, it, that doesn't mean the gym. That doesn't mean the gym at all. It means get, it's either scouting or e-scouting or trying to learn from other successful hunters in seminars, webinars, going to places. That, and I don't want to sit here and talk up like shows or anything, but if you go down to the, to the Western Hunting Expo, and you talk to some of those guys that are big name hunters about what they do or how, like say somebody's down there with a 400 inch bull and be like, how'd you kill that elk? They won't tell you a spot. They won't tell you anything like that. They, they might not even tell you what state, but I damn sure know they will tell you what tactic they used and what they did to kill that bull. Cause everybody likes to tell a hunt story. Yeah. I put in, my application and i drew a, a super sick tag that's how i killed that i pulled my wallet out and hired moss back and then they yep. they parked at all the trail ads and didn't allow anybody else to come in there while we hunted yeah so no but like so it's playing your skill set being able to adapt and then your off-season work like whether it's e-scouting, trying to learn from somebody, finding a mentor or getting in shape, right? Like this off season for me has been about getting in better shape. So, you know, it's all like my hunting has always worked out for me. I've always done good. Well, for the first time in five or six years, I punched that tag later on when it switched over to a rifle hunt, but, it pissed me off to not kill a bull with my bow. I should have killed one. I had a shot at a bull. But after that shot happened, I didn't get another opportunity. Now, I don't know for certain that if I was in better shape, I would have got another opportunity. But it sure as shit wouldn't have hurt. You know? Like, it wouldn't have hurt me to be in better shape. Maybe I pushed that bull a little harder or, or get right on his ass and make him turn and come to a call if I'm in just a little bit better shape instead of saying, man, I that bull's headed the other way and I can't get there. Like, it's physically impossible for me to get there. And just so I let him go bed up and then I'll say, oh, I'll try this afternoon to pull him out. Well, if, if a guy's in great shape and that you might catch up to that bull and get him to turn, to fight you you know so like this year has been about improving my mental not mental my physical abilities and everybody always has something to work on right like we all we both have friends that ask us all the time where should i hunt what should i put in for where should i go i don't ask anybody that you don't <laughs> ask anybody that like no. we got our e-scouting figured out yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't. I don't you know? believe in. I would. I just would never give anybody the satisfaction of asking. I would never have. Nobody will ever have that over my head. I mean, I'm not too prideful to ask somebody for about a unit, but if they like, if I'm thinking about applying for that unit, but if I, I'm never going to ask somebody, hey, what should I do with this? You know, like applications for whatever. The and I don't, I don't mind helping people that ask for it or that, you know, my friends that want to want some help applying or whatever, but 
if I don't, if I'm not on my shit with my e-scouting or whatever, then how I can't help myself, let alone help them. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? So like everybody's always got something to work on and that's why that made my list. If you're not working on being a better hunter in the off season, then eventually one of these years it will pass you up and you will not kill something when you should. It happened to me last year. I mean, I don't feel like I've completely got passed up. Like I should have killed a bull. I got to work on my shooting a little bit this summer with my bow, apparently. Uh, but yeah, if you aren't continuously trying to improve yourself, then yeah, you will get, you'll get passed up by, by the, the game. The elk are always getting smarter. Especially during archery season, man, it, it gets harder to call in a bull every single year. So, what, uh, here's your top three. What else, what do you, you got anything to say about my top three? A little bit. No, I agree for the most part with them. But, uh, Sometimes, you know, I don't, I don't know that playing to your strengths, uh, is, would, it wouldn't make the top list for me. It wouldn't be up in the top because like, it's, it's tough to say, you know, situation to situation, but I think that more situations are, are better when you look at the situation and decide what is best for that hunt or that scenario versus if I look at a hunt and be like, okay, well, <clears throat> all the elk are down here in the thick timber, but I got a, I got a set of legs on me. So I'm going to go to the high country and, you know, cause that's what I'm good at. I'm good at like putting on miles, you know, if the elk are down in the low country and the thick stuff, that's where I got to go. So that's yeah. going to be the only critique of that one. Yeah, but it but, does make sense if you have the option to do one thing or the other, and you're good at something. Definitely do that because that will increase your chances of success by well, a, a whole bunch. Yeah, so I I have two things to say about that. The first one is when when I listed that off, I was thinking like macrochasm, not microchasm, like bigger picture, not necessarily like on a per situation basis. Yeah. Like when you select a unit, pick the unit that is going to play to your strengths. If yeah, if you can some, you know, a lot a lot of times you don't get the luxury of that, you know, depending on like draws or um well, like for guy things for like, like that. We'll take like Idaho, Montana, Wyoming, Colorado, even like all of these states have over-the-counter elk tags for residents, and every single state has an area you could hunt high country, you could hunt timber, you could hunt low country. You know, you could be backpacking in all of them. So, not necessarily every time do you have the ability to pick the unit with that'll play to your strengths. But if you're a resident out west, then most often you can do that. Uh, my second thing was like coming back on that is it doesn't do some if all the elk or if most of the elk are down low in the timber and you can't call you're not going to go in there and kill one anyway unless it's a dumb lock so like go you can or, i don't think that's true like if you it, let's say you, the elk are in the timber if the timber if hunting elk in the timber is a weakness of yours and 90% of the elk are in the timber me personally I'm probably going to go try and find that 10% of elk that I think I can kill like I would take one bull that I have a 50% chance of killing over 10 bulls that I only have a 5% chance of killing yeah I would I would come back at you with uh at least for me personally if I'm not good at that and that's where all the elk are and that's where I think the elk are going to be in the following years, I'm going to go, you know, I'm going in head first and I'm going to try and, and I'm going to try and kill those elk and I'm going to learn from all the mistakes that I make so that next year 
or maybe the the year after that, I'm diving in that timber and I'm calling that bull in and I'm killing it. Yeah, and that because you're not going to get better if you don't ever do it. Exactly, and that's where my second point and my third point come in to play. So, second point was be adaptable. Always be working on your skill set, right? Like, if if you cannot go find an elk that or a deer that plays to your strengths, the only way you're going to be successful is going to the area that you aren't comfortable in. So you got to work on your skills as a hunter. And then in the off season, you have to continuously try and improve because who knows, maybe those elk are never in the area you're good at hunting again in that unit. Oh yeah. So that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That's we were, but we both, I think we should talk a little bit about being, uh, being uh, able to switch your plans up because that was on both of our list and I think it's one of the most important things. Yeah. Um, it, it, for me, that could be my number one thing. Yeah. And it, I think for elk hunting, it probably is. For mule deer, you're, typically you don't need to adapt as much as like rutting elk, you know? Like they're either, they're going to be where they're at and you know what you have to do to kill them. It's can you capitalize on that? You know, I would, I would actually say that you would, uh, there's a lot of it, or at least for me, there's a lot of adapting mule deer hunting. I am by no means an expert mule deer hunter. And a lot of times uh, during my hunts, I have to switch things up quite a bit. Either the, I don't like the people that are there, or I show up to a place and the country looks a little different than I thought it did. Or, you know, maybe there's a, a freaking four-wheeler trail that some jack-off, you know, did some four buying two years ago and been using this trail ever since and now this sweet canyon that i want to glass for a big buck that has this nice timber patch that i think is going to hold a big deer it's got a four-wheeler trailer that goes right under it yeah you know? so you have to adapt to all those different yeah, variables you, you have to adapt to that but like if it's october 10th the mature deer are going to be where they're at and you know what you got to do to kill them you know if it's august 15th you know what you got to do to kill those bucks. If it's the rut, you know what you got to do to kill them. I feel like, like That's there's always, elk. yeah, man, elk are so, especially bigger bulls. The the later it gets, the more predictable they are. But September elk to me, like, yeah, they're rutting, but they're such a, uh, they like they their rut switch is like a light switch. Like that thing yeah. switches on and off and you'll see five bulls bachelored up on September 6th, September 7th, they will be fighting each other, trying to murder each other because of cows. Mm -hmm. September 17th, if it gets hot again, they're back to the same wallow hanging out. Like it's wild. It is wild how just variable they can be at times. I didn't hear a single bugle last year until September 15th. And that is not normal at least has not been normal for me, you know? And so I pigeonholed myself into a thick timber unit. If I'm not hearing bugles, I'm effed. So like, I didn't even give myself an opportunity to be able to switch it up to, to, to be adaptable. I just had to keep grinding until I found an elk that bugled, which sucked. But like, I, I've had more luck hunting elk early than late. It just suits me, you know, the, my calling tactics, my style. So, like, yeah, I, I kept working on trying to become a better caller and a better hunter. But when I got out of what I would consider my part of September, the part that I'm good at hunting, it got harder for me to kill an elk. Whereas the first two weeks, I consider it easier to call a bull in and man, I put myself in a position where I, I would, I'm more comfortable spotting and stalking elk with my bow than I am calling them in the last two weeks of September. So, but because I was in a heavy timbered unit, I couldn't even leave to go glass bulls to spawn the stock. I was fucked. Like, and then when they started cracking off, it's like, they're full on lockdown on these cows and they are not leaving them. So not only could I not go find open country bulls to spot and stock, 
for the first 15 days. I couldn't even, once they did start bugling, it was in a part of September that didn't match my skill sets. Like, I, I pigeonholed myself so hard that, like, all the things I'm saying right now, I did the opposite, and I, I was not a successful archer earner last year. Like, so I don't know how I got on that. I guess saying elk are, you require more adaptability than mule deer, but, I mean, I see your points on that, right? Like, you always have to be able to, able to adapt, but I feel they're more predictable, I guess, on mm. what, what they're going to be doing. If that makes sense, that might have just been the most jumbled up clusterfuck I've said <laughs> on the podcast yet. I think when you're when you're hunting pretty much anything except for like you know private property where you're locked in or or like you know, like you're saying a real timbered unit that there's no other opportunities there's always there's always some form of adaptability which you could you could have adapted right you weren't locked into one unit no but those like you're not wrong like I had a zone of units mm-hmm. that I could hunt, but the other parts of the units aren't much better. Like, yeah, I didn't, I wasn't prepared to backpack and you don't typically like all those units are heavy timber country until you start getting into like high, like above timber line for the most part. Right. Right. Yeah. So, and this like, is, we're talking about Montana. So. Shit, I'm talking about, about Oregon, Oregon coast, son. <laughs> yeah. Heavy timber. Heavy timber until you get above tree line, right? Yeah. <laughs> no. Uh, another thing that I think is really important for being a, uh, or a trait of good hunters is uh, just the fact that they prioritize hunting. That's just something that's in their mind, you know, throughout the year. And especially, you know, when it comes Shit. to preseason, during the season. I I run into so many people that uh, they're going through their hunt, you know, and they plan to take a week off and, you know, both weekends on either side. And they get to Wednesday and they're like, you know what? I've got, I really got this project I need to do. Um, I got this I could do. You know, I could be doing other things at home, which you cannot kill if you're not actively trying to kill. Like, if you're not hunting, you're not going to be successful. But if you go home, you're not going to be successful. And I feel like the hunters, I, I heard something about it. Like, it's a cortisol response that it's all high stress in the beginning. And then they make a crash and it makes people want to, like, go home and everything. But that happens to, to everybody. You know, you're all jacked up opening day and it doesn't quite work out how you want them to do how you yeah. want it to. A lot of people, you know, throwing this out. But good hunters will always stick it out. The pers- they will persevere through the challenges of the hunt. And even <clears throat> even if, uh, you know, other stuff does come up, they're coming back. You know, they have to run home for an emergency. As soon as they can get away again, they're, they're back in the hunt. Yeah, as long as it's not, you know, 20 hours or whatever. But... 20 hours? Um, yeah, well, no. I mean... You're not wrong, right? Like, a good hunter has hunting top of mind always, right? And, like, I don't know. They're good outdoorsmen who are successful hunters, but I don't know if they are great hunters, right? Like, they they might successfully kill a cow or a small bull, every year, every couple of years, and they might kill a small buck every year, but they like to fish and they like to be hike, you know, doing other shit. The guys that you typically see as like straight up killers, savages, it's all hunting all the time. Yeah. Like it takes a level of like commitment and you got like focus on hunting and only hunting that a lot of people don't get like, if you're okay with hunting one week a year and that's it and that's enough to you know scratch that itch that's which is the majority of people right yep. so yep careful what you're about to say no that, i'm just going to say like if that's you good good for you if that scratches mm-hmm. your itch good 
that's not going to make you a great hunter. But I, yeah, there are a lot of things that you can do though. For that guy, there's a ton of stuff that you can do to make yourself a better hunter for that week. Yeah. But how many of those guys that are content with only taking a week think about all the things that they could do? Right. A lot of them have families and other responsibilities, which that sucks, bro. (laughs) You know, I'll tell you what, you need to go on a milk run and not come back. Yeah. Don't say that. That's awful. I mean, you want to be a good hunter or a good dad? You pick. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I guess on the same kind of line, if you want to be a good hunter, you're going to have to be a boy. Yeah. No, no. You just kind of like box. Yeah. You got uh, to like the women. Um, you know, and another thing, it's okay to to be that guy that only wants to hunt a week. If everybody wanted to hunt like me and you, and everybody killed as much shit as me and you, and like the people that we hang out with, there would not we would get a tag once every ten years. Yeah, you know. So yeah. like we need we need to sell licenses and we need to sell tags. We need that revenue. We need hunter numbers. We don't need everybody to be successful every day because there's there is like eight times or ten times the amount of people that live in Idaho where we live as there are elk. Right, mm. like, and there are more hunters that buy elk tags every year than than there are elk in the state. If we, if everybody is successful, there ain't gonna be any elk. Yeah, well, there for sure is not gonna be any bulls. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that ain't no shit. There's only gonna be cows. Yeah, but so now I, I just think. Like, when it comes right down to it, if you want to be, you know, not one of those guys that hunts for 10 years and kills one bull, you you have to, it has to be top of mind. It's a, it's, you will learn more and grow more when you're off the mountain than you will when you're on it. Because when you're on the mountain and you don't know what you're doing, you're not going to learn it right then. It's hard for me to... It's hard for me to comment on guys like that because I, we, you and I were both fortunate enough to grow up doing this. So things that are second nature to us that are just like common sense, there's no way that you would ever think anything other than to do the right thing is a foreign language to a lot of guys, you know, mm-hmm. late onset hunters, they, it doesn't make any sense in their brain to where us. It takes less than a, you know, it just takes a split second and we know what is most likely going to be the right play, you know? Yeah. yeah. The right play for me or you, right? Like we might not do the same thing. Yeah. That's Which is often the case. Like, yeah. But, and, and who's to say either one of them is wrong. Or you know, probably you not wrong. It's probably the right thing for me to do for myself and the right for yourself. Yeah. But yeah, like you're saying, your average everyday Joe Blow or, or late onset hunter, they don't know what the hell to do, and that's not their fault. They just don't know what they don't know. Yeah. And a good example where... of that would be like spotting an animal across the canyon and deciding, am I am I going after this thing right now? Do I need to throw everything in my pack and sprint down this mountain and sprint up the other side as fast as I can, or do I bet it or whatever, make a play for it tomorrow or the next day or whatever, you know, things like that we can make fairly easily, you know, we might not make the right decision all the time, but yeah. And, and that that comes, inkling? And we process so much information in that, like, as soon as you see that animal, you process 30 different pieces of information. What time yeah. of day is it? How far away is that animal? Yeah. What <laughs> get there? You know, what's the where, terrain like? Yeah. What's the wind doing? Yeah, where's he going? Are there are there any other hunters in the area? Yeah, like like you're, and you, how far away is he from cover? Yeah, and every every bit of that information is processed immediately. You know, yeah. And yeah I might sit there and look gotta, at him. You know, yeah. There's there's longer. times where you gotta take a little longer to to make a decision, but yeah. like if it's see an, an elk at 
9.30 in the morning going to bed, you bet your ass I'm going to go go ahead and let that bull bed. Yeah. If it's 8 o'clock at night and he's coming out of the timber and there's a half hour of daylight and he's a mile away, oh, that is a decision I can't. Yeah, I can't make that even right now sitting at the table. I have to know exactly what's going on right then. Oh, yeah. You know. For, and I would say this, especially if somebody's listening to this and they're, you know, they're not sure how to make that decision. Always err on the side of going, right? Unless you have, you're confident you're going to see that animal again or see other opportunities you're going to have other chances. But uh, even if that's the case, I would say go. If you can, if you can make it over there, or even if you think you can't, always go. You know, you're gonna learn more from going than you are from just sitting there. Yeah, yeah. Make a play, do something. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I I agree with that about eighty five percent of the time, right? Like, if you catch a bull in the morning and he's going to bed, I would tell guys, yeah, let him bed. Always let him bed unless you're gonna lose him. You know, he's dropping over the backside of another ridge or something like that. Then, like, yeah, get over Which there is, and try and find him. But yeah. it's often like, the case, though. You know, they're on the south slope and they go to bed on the north slope and they jump yeah. over the ridge. You know? Yeah. But, yeah, you know, like, typically, if it's a morning deal, I'm going to try and bet him. If it's an evening deal, I'm running, you know. So not very often in the mornings. And it might be because I'm sleepy. I don't know. It's just like for me, <laughs> morning time, like it means I have all day to work this deal. Yeah. You know, so, but yeah, no, we, and so guys don't know what they don't know. Like we and you are processing and like our dads and brothers, you know, they're processing this information so quickly that so somebody who's never done it, they don't get it. They don't understand. And that's why I say like, off-season time they aren't gonna learn those things and the right things to do necessarily while they're on the mountain all they're gonna do is either fail upward as in stumble into an elk and kill it or they're just gonna be they're just gonna be unsuccessful like if you don't know what you don't know and you some guys might figure it out but i think most guys need help and like podcasts youtube like there's people that you can pay for information outdoors or uh, what's it called outdoors class yeah outdoor class yeah outdoor class from go hunt yeah like those resources in the off season will without a shadow of a doubt make you a better hunter because if you're just up on the mountain stumbling around without a fucking clue of what to do, you're never going to get there. Most guys are never going to get there and figure yeah. it out. You know, I, like, don't, I, I wholeheartedly disagree. Man, I, 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 I say I before, I think it's more important for you. Like you could be that guy that DMs, you know, all these hunters and take the outdoors class, which I'm not saying is a bad thing to do, but that stuff does you almost no good because I think it's way more important for you to say you you can either choose between that outdoors class or taking a scouting trip or you know an extra day or two hunting I think it's way more important to be in the field making mistakes I think that's what makes a successful hunter a person that's out there trying because there's tons of guys that do the research and, and ask all the questions and and, you know, sit there on their computer e-scouting all the time. And then you've got a guy that gets his grandpa's 30 out six, buys a pair of boots and goes out there and, you know, lays rubber on the mountain. Yeah, I think the guy doing the, the rubber on the mountain is going to kill more animals over the long run than that guy that's doing all the research. Well, that's the difference right there is that guy's had a grandpa with a 30 out six. He probably has killed out. He had a baseline of knowledge like. I'm oh, like, or goes to the pawn shop and gets a 30 out six. Yeah. I mean, I think it requires equal amounts of both at, at the very least, but man, you tell a guy, go to Boise right now and find a guy on the street and say, I need you to kill an elk this year. or You're going to starve to death. 
now if they don't prepare for that in any way and they just go get a 30 out six and they hit the hills i don't think like i don't think that guy will be as successful as if i tell him okay here are some resources for you to learn what to do to to learn proper tactics to learn how to e-scout take this tree line academy you know get yourself a baseline of knowledge learn from these people that know how to kill shit and then go apply that with your boots on the ground. The guy that that takes that baseline of knowledge, he's got he's so far ahead of the guy that just is parking his pickup and walking through the woods. You know, like I'm not saying it's an either or, but I think the prioritize like you you need both. You can't do either or. It doesn't like if you're gonna do either or, obviously the boots on the ground is gonna kill morale because if you're not hunting you're only learning you're not going to kill elk but well, i mean yeah the what hunting I'm saying is the, like is the hunting that... is implied right like both of these guys are going hunting you know like they're neither one of them are just not hunting no i don't i don't think that's true at all i think there's a ton of dudes that just research their research time is more of what they do and then they go and it doesn't work out for their what they have on their you know, outdoors class or their go hunt scouting, and then they... Yeah, like if they go for two days and give up, that's not... Right, which is typically, like, and who's going to who who's gonna give up more? The guy that's... The, I would, to me, it's the guy that's doing all the research, right? Nerds mm-hmm. don't kill a lot of stuff, bro. Yeah, you're not wrong, but... Like, guys that are tough. Yeah, but explain to me how... There's all these guys go 10 years and don't kill an elk ever, you know, like. I bet every single one of those guys got a go hunt membership. I bet not. I bet a lot of them don't know anything except one unit in one state and they just go there and they walk around and don't see shit. I don't know. I don't think that's the case at all, because I would say most of the hunters that are like that, you know, get off, you know, Stephen Rinella or the Joe Rogan podcast. That's where they got the hunting from. So they listen to that, and then they hear about all the man. I I think information resources, and that's where they go for their stuff. Because you see them, they're all they all wear first light. Every well, single one of them. Yeah, but those dudes also are outside smoking poles. So, but like, think think back on like the guys you grew up hunting around. How many of them didn't consistently kill elk? There was a couple of you that did. I know for a fact there is at least a couple of you that every year were killing elk, but there was a lot of guys that were there just might go hike in the evenings, hike in the mornings, and, you know, they're not going to kill elk, and, uh, you know. There's a lot of guys that will hunt the same, the same hunt as you, the same mountain, the same hillside, and not kill an elk, and so another yeah. guy will. It's just... Yeah. That's just a fact of life. Some people, you know, some men can and some men can't. Not not can't. Some men do and some men struggle to do. Well, some men do and some men don't. Doesn't mean they can't. They just aren't yeah. using their brain along with their physical ability, right? Like, yeah. like the the guys I'm talking about are, you know, those guys that don't. They don't try and learn how to kill an elk because there oh, is yeah. like. There, there's not quite a formula to it, but there are definitely things that you do that everybody does, and there's things that people do that don't kill elk. Yeah. And I would say, yeah, I would say you're you're right on track here because I believe that's super true. You, the learning curve is so steep because you don't you don't get an elk to you don't get a you know you don't get to call in an elk, make a mistake, call him back in, make a mistake, call him back in, and then figure it out. You know, yeah. you might only get one mistake. Or two mistakes per season, yeah. per year, you know. Yeah, and, it's, and that's it's, and that's hard to learn, you know. It takes oh, a long yeah. time. Absolutely, and that's that's my whole like theory behind saying, I think a guy that that puts in that effort to get a baseline of knowledge will be more successful than the guy that just grabs a rifle and goes hunting. Sure, you know, and I would, I I still disagree, but I see what you're saying. Yeah, like. It, it's it's almost tough to explain what I'm thinking about it, but you know, like I feel like I'm starting to get there, right? Like, 
if the if a guy just goes out and pounds the same unit on his feet the whole time and doesn't like learn how to kill an elk right he's never going to kill an elk unless he gets flat ass lucky right which you know? it's not it's not even uncommon i wouldn't well i guess it is uncommon but well it's not it's uncommon not... for people to get lucky it's uncommon for the same person to get lucky multiple times right so, yeah, it yeah. like I think a lot of people do themselves a lot of good to try and learn. And I think uh, you're right. I don't think nerds kill a lot of shit. But people who are serious about hunting and want to be, be better at it kill a lot of shit. Right. You know, so. And also, I think that the guy that goes out and learns something, you know, maybe maybe try something that he hears from somebody and. Maybe he doesn't. Is he's not successful with that? But you know, not like perfectly. It doesn't harvest an animal or, or shoot him or whatever. But it, you know, works out a little bit. It gives him a baseline to start adding to that knowledge. Like yeah. maybe, maybe this call at this time he was told to do, he did it, and then you know made a little mistake after that or moved when he shouldn't. And but then he realizes that situation and how if he would have done something different. He would have gone differently. I think the guy that does that is going to be the most successful. Oh, absolutely. What The guy who pairs his off-season like, learning with his in-season or preseason learning is always going to be the, the best of, you know, when you get the best of both worlds there. You just, you really can't have one or the other. You know, you have to know how to get around a mountain and how to, cover country and, and how to be out there in the woods but without a baseline of of some sort of knowledge you're not gonna you might not even see an elk how many hunters come out here from back east and don't see elk every year right a lot like like you hear all the time people like oh i went to colorado on a zero point or an over-the-counter tag i didn't even see an elk man i was on a leftover unit in colorado last year with the deer tag and there's a leftover elk unit as well. I saw hundreds of elk. Yeah. You know, like, yeah, I have a lot of experience, we, a lot of knowledge. But I was going to say, we, like, I, I for sure, I won't speak for you, but I for sure take it for granted all of the lessons that I learned from oh, a very I, young age from my father. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And what's weird is, like, and I know you're the same way, we don't hunt like our dads do. Uh, I don't, and I personally, I don't necessarily think if we did hunt like them that we'd be as success, as successful as we are because the game's changed. Yeah, literally, unintended. You know, like, I take for granted all the stuff I learned, and I apply that knowledge every single year. But even now, my dad hunts how he did twenty years ago, and he's successful. But he's not going to a new unit out of state and being successful. Right. And I'll kind of use that as a bridge. When I hunting out of state, it almost like, and I don't know, I don't necessarily know if this is correct or not. It's just what I thought at the time. And I'm still not sure about it. When I went out of state to a unit I've never been to and killed an elk, that to me was almost a little bit of validation as like, okay, I am I'm not going to say I'm the best hunter in the world because I'm not, you have to have confidence, I think, to be a successful hunter, but that well, validated... obviously if I'm alive, you can't have that title, my boy. Yeah. Well, it validated me to be able to go to a different state to an area I've never been in killing out off of just researching and prior skills. Like that to me is when I, like was able to look in the mirror and be like, okay, I'm not just a one trick pony. I can go to, I'm not a one unit guy where I only know one unit can hunt one unit. Right. I, I feel the same. I feel the same way about last year, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just go, go somewhere straight and you know, it's not, it's all different. It's different, but it's kind of the same, you know? You don't know where any – if you hunt the same unit for years and years, you know where the pressure goes. 
you know, or the animals go when they get pressured. You know what? Oh yeah. Places yeah, you, don't get pressured. You could see an elk four miles away and be like, I know where he's going. Yeah. I know. I know exactly how to get over there the easiest and fastest way. Yeah. I know what timber spot he's going to go bed in. I know where there's a little bench over there. They love that bench. Yeah, there's a big difference to where you're like seeing out five miles away or whatever, three miles away in a brand new unit you've never been to from a road. And you're like, how the hell do I get over there? Yeah. Do I have to walk from here or can I, <laughs> yeah. get, you know, I yeah, got def- so much elevation to get over there. Yeah, it definitely like, and I won't say people that hunt the same unit all the time are bad hunters because they're obviously, if they're successful, often they're good. You know, they, they at least are, were good enough to figure out that unit and given some time, I'm sure they could do the same thing, but like, I wasn't about to take 10 years to learn a different state, you know, like it, to me, it was like, I'm going to go do this now. Mm-hmm. And a lot of, a lot of guys like, you know, us and better hunters than us though. You could drop you could drop us off in a unit with you know no maps and no no uh, articles about it and no prior knowledge of that unit. I bet you we still find out. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. I mean, if it's an area you can find out, like if they don't exist there, then you're like whatever. But (laughs) okay, Troy. Yeah, obviously. Or, or, Or or there's one elk there. You know. Like, hey, find that one elk. Like, I don't know, man. This this is a lot of this is like 300 square miles, and I got a yeah, (laughs) yeah. But you know, I'm saying you drop us in an elk unit where there's elk, we'll probably find elk. Yeah, absolutely. And like, I've never been so the most confident I've ever been about myself was after I killed that 330 bull in Montana, after Mm -hmm. you know, never hunting it. And then, but the second most confident I was. In, in my like knowledge and ability was when I first pulled up into that unit and pulled up to my very first glassing knob. And within two minutes of being there, I found elk. Mm-hmm. Like that's when like that, that instant gratification, that instant val- validation of, you know, my own knowledge kicked in like, okay, I do know what I'm doing at least somewhat enough to figure out where the elk are. And yeah, that, that I'm not going to say that being able to go anywhere and kill an elk makes you a good hunter, because I think that's, there's people that only hunt the same place that are really good hunters, but I think it's definitely got some weight to it. And in my mind, some kind of value, right? Like, I think, I think it does make you a good hunter. I think those guys that kill elk in the same unit every year make them a good hunter of that unit doesn't yeah. make you a good I mean, doesn't make you a good hunter yeah. the guy that can go kill stuff in other places is a better hunter mm-hmm. yeah also that, that, just on your little confidence thing trying to say the the least confident in my elk hunting skills i've ever been was uh the last day of elk season last year at the uh, <laughs> at eight in the morning and then at eight oh five in the morning I was the most confident I've ever been. I was butting my nuts hanging. I was like, hell yeah, I know how to kill But you know, five minutes before that I was like, dude. Oh yeah. You yeah. suck. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know that feeling, man. When you miss a bull or something like that. Yeah, and, I missed a bull the day. Yeah. Before. I missed a raghorn the day before. Yeah, and I was like, yeah. "Wow, today's the last day." I had court the day before too, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, Dude, "This is just life's not going good right now." I remember that you you were leaving the house and you just grab a button up and a tie, and I'm like, "What are you doing?" You're like, "I got to call into court, so I got to have a button up to wear." <laughs> I was, oh man. I I took a wet white shower, just tried to get my face as clean as I could. My hair was just oh, just greasy as all get out. Yeah. I just slick it back, and I try and comb my beard and mustache. I put on my button up. <laughs> I just <laughs> call into the Zoom meeting. Yeah, it was like, sweet. Hi, Your Honor. I hope you like hunting. Yeah. 
No, I was just man. hanging out. Yeah, that was great. That was yeah. a good time. Well, I think that was a, a pretty solid podcast, you know, like we kind of yeah. laid out our, our ideas on. I think uh, maybe, at least I want to, I think we should, if somebody's listening to this, you know, we should give them some advice on what we think is the best, the best route to becoming a good hunter. Somebody's not quite there yet and is interested in, you know, taking the steps to get there. Yeah, well, uh, Paul Dalton. Can't do no <laughs> No, I, I'll give a, my first piece of advice. Uh, if you, you do want, a, give them, give them two things, two or three things. And okay, I'll, I'll give them a couple here. If you want to become a good hunter, the first thing you need to do is uh, commit to it. You know, you you can't be half in that guy that goes once a week and doesn't really plan hard or scout or anything like that and be a good hunter. You can hunt once a week and be a good hunter. But if you aren't committed to scouting that unit, learning that unit and everything like that and learning the elk, then you're going to go there and you're going to more than likely not succeed. Um, So you got to commit. And my second piece of advice is soak up knowledge like podcasts you will learn more from podcasts than any uh, anything else you know specifically and, this one podcast called blue mountain hunting company podcast that just might teach you how to become a prick uh could be but a good hunting prick tell you that yeah, yeah you you don't get a lot of shit but yeah the, there's when i was in my early 20s and even to this day if there's a podcast that i like that i'm really into and i feel like there's a lot of good knowledge being dropped in it i will listen to it two or three times they don't come around very often in fact i feel like they were used to be more common than they are now now i think it's a lot of filler like just content for content's sake but if you find I listen it... to those, I do the same thing. And what I listen to a lot is, is like cartridges and, and rifle stuff because that's what I'm the most ignorant about. Yeah. I mean, the cartridge thing for me was like I picked one and I did everything I could to learn it and learn my gun and learn, learn, learn all the knowledge through one cartridge and then expand so I get good at it. But like, yeah, if you want to be a good hunter, you you have to be willing to learn soak up knowledge i mean that's that's it you know or else you'll be that guy that kills no elk in the first 10 years and you don't want to be that likely, guy yeah more than likely you won't make it to 10 years if you aren't killing elk the guys the guys that hunt 10 or 15 years and they don't kill any elk i applaud those guys for not giving up it's yeah i would say that they're not uh, i wouldn't even say hunting they're hunters really they're campers yeah they just like but, to pack a rifle around yeah they haven't given up i guess i mean yeah that's wild i don't it's if you to me if you hunt that long without being successful are you even trying right you would think you would stumble into one but man or or you know a dad, like you that's 10 years that's 10 seasons of not I mean, your goals I, not you're not completing your goals, you know, like that's crazy. Yeah, and I think about all the times that I've gotten lucky per se. Oh yeah, I've but got quite a few of those. At the same time, were you lucky or were you there for a reason? No, I was lucky. Like, <laughs> lucky. <laughs> I mean, you're out there hunting, working, and you chose that day for a reason, more than likely. You know. Yeah. Because all the other spots that I've been in that week were ass. Yeah, well, there you go. You were crossing shit off the list. (laughs) So, what do you got? Uh, uh, Mine, I'm going to give two. My first one is pretty broad. It's going to be, it's just get in uh, in shape. Start working on your body. And uh, a lot of things fall in line when you get in shape. It's you're getting into more of a rhythm in your life and, you're not only are you going to be a more capable hunter because you're in shape 
but you're also a lot of areas of your life are going to improve, you know, just from getting in shape. Yeah. And getting in shape is pretty fun. I, except for yesterday, I did, uh, we've got, I'm building these heifer corrals right now for work and they're really sandy soil. And so I ran the corral yesterday and did inter intermittent sprinting in between and the old lungs just did not love that <laughs> i do a lot like hiking is fine i hike all the time but sprinting as fast as you can when's the last time you sprinted as fast as you can over and over like for extended periods of time can you know. remember i don't know high school maybe i, I honestly as far as sprinting yeah I've not needed to sprint for any reason. Yeah, it was it was weird, and also I felt super uncoordinated trying to run as fast as you can. <laughs> I'm like lightning. Yeah, and then uh, my second deal uh, to become a better hunter is kind of on the same line as you, but find some form of information that interests you and you like and absorb it yeah yeah i I would say like try and find a mentor as well that's tough yeah yeah don't like yeah you can find a hunting mentor but if they're not a good hunter then you're just learning bad shit right um i will say and i don't disagree with you getting in shape deal but uh i had somebody that i'm going to take hunting this next October asked me do I need to get in shape and I asked him back I said are you going to give up like do you are you do you quit when you do shit if it's hard and he was like no I was like well it'll be easier if you get in shape but it's up to you like if you don't quit you don't give up then just show up, you know, it'll be harder, but you'll be there, you know, so. No, I, 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 like I agree with you. I, I agree with you. It'll be better and your life will be better if you're in shape. But Every, everything will improve everything that you were just talking about. The whole, the hunt's going to be better. His life's going to be better. Your life's going to be better if he's in shape. It's going to be more it's going to be better for both of you if he's in shape. Oh, and I, also he's going to quit. He's less likely to quit if he's in shape. Be, not only because it takes mental toughness to get in shape, but once you're in shape, it takes more stress for you to want to quit. Yeah, no, I I agree. I agree. I was just saying like yeah. Don't let being I mean, is this guy 300 pounds or No, no, no. Slightly out of shape. He's slightly out of shape, but he's in his 50s, right? Like, most guys in their 50s know if they'll quit if something's hard. Yeah, but when you're that old, if you're not in shape, you could just run into health problems. Yeah. Your, also, see, I When told, you're that old, your knee is going to give out if you've also, got a heavy pack on. I mean, just him specifically, we're going to do some of the easiest elk hunting you can do. And he has asked me about some pack out stories, and he's getting, like, and that sounds pretty tough. I need to get in shape. I was like, well, we're not going to be doing any of that. But if we have to pack a bull out, it won't be that bad. Are you going to quit? Are you going to give up? He's like, well, no, absolutely not. Like, never been on an elk hunt. I'm like, this is a dream of mine. I'm the last thing I'll, I'll die before I quit. And I was like, well, then no. But it'll sure as fuck be easier if you do. Everybody's got a plan until they get yeah. punched in the face. Yeah, I agree. But a lot of people, yeah. a lot of people talk that talk till you put a hundred pounds on their back. Yeah, that ain't no shit. But no, it like I'm not worried about it. It's you know, huh. it's good. basically retirement elk hunting where we're going. So yeah, yeah. I, I would still say your both of your experiences would improve if you're in shape. And how, how poor is he going to feel when you see, you know, maybe a, a better class of animal, but you he's not in shape enough to get over to it in time? Well, I don't know, because it'll still get killed, because I'll have an out tag. So, oh. 
<laughs> That's what I'm saying. His experience is going to be worse. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, more than likely. And I, I doubt that you would leave him. Well, maybe. If you talk well, are we talking like, what's a better class of animal? This, I just meant for him, like, you know, somebody who's never hunted before, they'll kill a spike, a raghorn, but you see, like, you know, maybe a solid six or just a five point, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know where we're more than likely, you know where we're going. Like, yeah. it's not going to be a, it's not going to be a physically demanding deal. Which I think not... I know who you're talking about too. And if it's that, and are you taking both of them? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, like it ain't going to be a a big deal. It's just going to be fun. But he he got he specifically I was telling him about our Jake's pack out, and <laughs> uh, they're like, we don't have. Or he's like, are we doing that? And I'm like, no. He's like, I'm not built that. for that, my boy. Yeah, he's like, I'm I'm in my 50s. I, I can't do that. I was like, you know, I'm going to be 28 this hunting season, and I don't think I could do it again. In fact, yeah. I'm not going to do it again. I will not let anybody tell me ever again <laughs> that we should do something that I know is not correct. <laughs> oh, that's such... I, I still don't regret it. It was hard, but the that it's just a good story now you know i don't, yeah i agree i don't regret doing hard things i regret doing hard things pause. For no, no reason no no pause no phrasing yeah uh, like i don't regret that at all i just don't uh i would not do it again like i knew what the better option was i let you two talk me into the worst option and, like, going back, I would be like, well, hope you two are tough enough to get that out by yourself because I'm getting my part in the morning from the other direction. Yeah. So. All right. Well, we've told that story about 100 times on this podcast. Yeah, I, and we're I know. rambling, so. I know, but that goes to uh, show your point of it. it's a good story now. It is a good story. And that's so. that was for real mental toughness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, well, we're an hour and almost eight minutes, so I guess this is it. Yep. Thanks for listening, everybody. Thank you. Bye. Bye.